All right, if you're listening online, welcome to Little Sandy Baptist Church. Isaiah, uh, Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Verse 1 is third person. Verse 2 is first person. 3 to 8 is second person. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eye shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. May the Lord raise a blessing to the reading of his words. Pray for just a moment. Heavenly Father, pray help me this evening that I would say nothing amiss. Thank you for this beautiful psalm. May we see it in light of uh, the Hebrew hymnal. May we see it in light of how it can help us, the spiritual applications. Thank you most of all for who you are. Thank you that Jesus of the New Testament is Jehovah of the Old. He is. You are both the Lord and Savior as well as the Creator. It all starts with you. And so, Lord, may, may we be at focus at our church every service. Lord, just thank you for who you are. Thank you for hearing the gospel as a little boy and receiving his personal Savior. Thank you that I had the privilege of being born in America. Lord, it has a lot of faults. But, Lord, I'm thankful for the chance to have heard the gospel many, many times and to have responded. I think we all would echo that. So, Lord, we just praise you tonight for who you are. I ask all this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We cite, first of all, times of trial Times of Terror, Times of Terror is the title from t- for tonight. Now, Times of Trial was last time. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We see his fortress. There are the four names for God, Elyon, Shaddai, Jehovah, Elohim. Now, question number one, a uniplural noun is one but more than one. We even, the United States could be a uniplural noun. One, the United States sent a warning salvo to North Korea. You better cool your jets and not start this uh, playing around with missiles, etc. So that's not true. I was just giving it as an example. We may have done it in the past. Might need to do it again. Uh, Fortress, how about his foes? In verse 3, we find that the foes there, it says, uh, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And then faith, in verse 4, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. Now, what is it when we call question number 2? If I give to God... The eye of God, the strong right arm of God, the hand of God, the whatever of God. What is that called? Big word. Anthropomorphism. Anthropology, study of man, pomorphism, that's giving to God human characteristics. Now, Jesus has a body. He's 100% God. He's God of very God, man of very man. Just heard that even today. Was, I was listening to a podcast on a guy who was a doctorate in the heresies of Christological uh, understanding and history. Quite a, quite a uh, smart fella. Anyway, uh, but he was God of very God and also man of very man at the same time. The, the two earliest heresies about Jesus, the first one was that he was 100% man and maybe possibly filled with the Spirit. The other one was he was completely God but not man. So one was called Docetism, one was called Ebionism. And so just, they both struck from 
The Bible says he was both. We call this big term hypostatic union, where God became man. They're just perfect, symbolic, they just work together great, perfect. You cannot, please don't ever think, it's half and half, even 75, 25, 100% and 100% together. So that is so, matter of fact, I would call that a cardinal doctrine of the church. For if God did not die for you, you have no salvation. And so he is God of very God. We'll just move right along there. Uh, uh, Spurgeon said, I thought this was quite interesting, regarding verse 4 about the feathers. He said, had it been invented by an uninspired man, it would have verged upon blasphemy. For who should dare apply such words to the infinite Jehovah? But, as he himself authorized, yea, dictated the language, we have here a transcendent condescension, such as it becomes us to admire and adore, that God would say of him, he shall cover thee with his feathers. That God would take on such a practical application for us to understand part of the aspects of God. Thomas Carey said, his plumes, did you outline, his plumes shall make a downy, downy bed where thou shalt rest. He shall display his wings of truth over thy head, which like a shield shall drive away the fears of night and the darts of day. Luther said, it is faith that maketh thee the little chicken and Christ the hen. That thou mayest hide and hope and hover and cover under his wings, for there is health in his wings. And that is uh, a, what a p- perfect picture uh, of what uh, Christ does for us. And a mission agency long ago in Africa, there was a fire swept through the land, and a missionary was taking a walk after the fire, and he went over and saw a nest, and there was this uh, dark mound of a hen, a, a very dead hen, very smoked, very blackened, and he went over and shoved the hen's body, and out from under came several little chicks. If you were in Sunday school, one of my favorite stories ever, the little red hen. My mom would tell that story, and I would be so sad because the hen died. And then the, the farmer comes along and moves the body. He was crying, and out from under the hen comes all these little chicks that she gave her life for. That is the picture in a way. Uh, cover us with his feathers. Interestingly enough, on one occasion, I am reading from Luke chapter 13, verse 34. On one occasion, Jesus even said, well, let's just just listen, or you can follow along. Luke 13, 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings? And ye would not. They had the free will to choose. Sorry, I had to throw it in there. They had the free will to choose. That not, they, they knowingly rejected the, uh, the, uh, God's desire for them. So we have also a shield and buckler in verse 4, that the, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. We find then a shield could be, uh, I found different ideas. A, a shield, large and static. A buckler was small and mobile, possibly. Uh, Warren Mears, we said buckler or it means the same as bulwark or rampart. It means to go around and would describe a, a mound of, of earth around a fortress or something that could be the buckler. 
Uh, Boyce says, Buckler, the Hebrew word signifies something that is wrapped around the person for his or her protection. Hence, it could be a buckler or even armor. So you can check whatever one you want to and put that in there as your definition, shield and buckler. But whatever it means, it's good. It's protection. It is, it is, this is God's truth of the things mentioned. It becomes this aspect of security. We are secure in him, spiritually speaking. We understand that. He is never going to desert us. He is on all sides for us. Spurgeon says in your outline, he bears a shield and wears an all-surrounding coat of mail. Such is the force of the word buckler to quench fiery darts. The truth is most effectual shield and to blunt all swords it is an equally effectual coat of mail. Truth of God is a beautiful thing. Truth is a beautiful thing. It really truly is. We are just, uh, as you well know, we've had the balloon incidents here in America. We've had at least three balloons now have been shot down. Did I tell you the story about Miss Mary's cat? I don't think I told you that. But Miss Mary, uh, her TV was on, and they were showing the picture of the balloon right before it shot down. One of her cats, Cookie, jumped up on the table and was watching it and swatted the balloon, believe it or not, right when it blew up. And the balloon blew up. And so it was Cookie, uh, anyway... It was, was quite the story. Quite, I thought this, I had to share that somewhere to somebody. Truth. I don't know if you had. You've listened, I don't know if you listen to any podcasts, but there's a thing came out Monday from the CDC about the girls in America, young girls. Sixty percent of the girls in America, teenage girls, have considered suicide, or they're just extremely discouraged, or it's extremely depressed. Huge, exponentially growing of that category. And, and it's such a shame because the truth is, you know, I can tell you, I have a pretty good idea of why there's been such an ex- exponential growth, but they need to hear the one answer, which no one, the sportscasters, no one of the broadcasters will say is the truth of God's word. That when we lose that the truth is such a beautiful thing. Now, I, I'm not sure what all the balloon that we know in army times that are in, in our military, they do keep things and they should keep things from us. I work with a guy who used to be the, he used to write the propaganda of the army. And so he said, now what, here's what really happens with that. I, I can't tell you, well, he said, but here's what you're going to hear, but here's what really happened with that. Interesting. Churchill said in warm, when wartime, truth is so precious that she should be always attended by a bodyguard of lies. Truth is so precious, she should always be attended by a bodyguard of lies. Now, and maybe military speaking, that's some, as you well know, one of the, was it D-Day or something? One of the big battles we won because we had a whole platoon of rubber tanks. Did you know this? That whole platoon of rubber tanks. And so, the, and they had, and matter of fact, General Patton was the one leading the rubber tank platoon. And so the Germany people thought that's where they were going to land, and they landed on Normandy Beach. It was one of those big battles like that, and they, they were so fooled because they even found a dead body, put these orders in the guy's uniform, threw it in the water where he would wash up on G- in Germany's water, and they pulled him out and thought they had discovered the American plan for the invasion, and they followed it to the great success of the Allies, but they won. So, truth. I want you to know, though, as we as believers, we're not in the, well, we might be in the middle, but we don't, this is the truth, we need to be truth all the time. 
Don't be surrounded with a bodyguard of lies. And so he is our truth, our shield and our buckler. That was the times of trial, times of terror. And we see the pursuit in 91 verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Not to be afraid uh, in itself is unspeakable blessing, since for every suffering which we endure from real injury, we are tormented by a thousand griefs which arise from fear only. The shadow of the Almighty removes all gloom from the shadow of night. Once covered by the divine wing, we care not what winged terrors may fly abroad in the earth. Very wordy, Mr. Spurgeon. And so, uh, but that's, how much, do we, do we not often fear things that never come to pass? It's like 70 or 85% of the things we worry about, something like that, never even come to pass. So, Free from worry, an unspeakable blessing. Question number four, what in verse five, when is the terror felt? By night, terror by night. And question number five, what flieth by day? That would be the arrow. When Satan's quiver shall be empty, thou shalt remain uninjured by his craft and cruelty. Yea, his broken darts shall be to thee as trophies of truth and power of the Lord thy God. Think about this. For eternity, we are going to be in heaven with God or with God here on earth, the new earth with him for eternity. Satan will be punished for eternity and all his minions. And so all the fiery darts of the wicked will be stilled and we will have the pleasure of God's company for eternity. Uh, which side do you want? I, I've heard this very, as you well have heard the last 10 years, the right side of history. Now, I want you to know in the culture, I'm on the wrong side of history right now, and I probably will remain that way. But I tell you, spiritually speaking, not because I'm deserving, but I'm on the right side of history as God's child, and you are as well. These times are going to pass. And, and the, the cultural bell-bottoms jeans are, are not, they're not in vogue now, are they, Bella? Bell-bottom jeans were the style for a while. They're not anymore. La- ladies, I'm trying to be too, too, but ladies used to have, ladies' jeans were the real lows, lows you can get. Now they're up there, back up to where they're like uh, a lot higher than they were. They'll probably go back down. Uh, you know, so... Fads come and go. Jesus remains the same. And your faith and trust, my faith and trust, is on the solid rock. First, or Psalm 40, he lift, put my feet upon a rock, put a new song in my heart. And I trust he's done the same for you. Question number six, top of page three. What walketh in darkness, and that is pestilence? The word, that word is translated pestilence 47 times, plagues once, and the moraine. Remember the moraine on the cattle in Exodus? Same word, uh, idea there. So that's the pestilence. It is shrouded in mystery as to its cause and cure. It marches on, unseen of men, slain with hidden weapons, like an enemy stabbing in the dark. Yet those who dwell in God are not afraid of it. Question seven. What wasteth or lays waste at noonday? Destruction that wasteth at noonday. Famine may starve or bloody war devour. Earthquake may overturn and tempest may smite. But amid all that, we, as we trust in God, we can say we know this is allowed by God's hand. We find we can but have a peace that passeth understanding. Now, does this mean, this, this psalm, does it mean that all Christians are never going to face persecution? No. 
Does it mean that some Christians may actually be killed? Yes, about 90 to 100,000 a year still martyred because of Christ. 360 million Christians, according to the statistic I read today, even now are facing severe persecution across the world. 360 million, 90 to 100,000 Christian martyrs every year? I, I, I know we get used to things. We have been so fortunate here in America that we've not had to face that. Do you, are you, you know what? Don't you agree with that? We have, oh, I know we have troubles, but I'm telling you, compared to the rest of the world, we've had freedom and, and we've had food on our table. We've got food in our freezer. We probably could have enough food for two, three months at home without buying another thing. Possibly, I mean, if you started, whatever, eating like the rest of the world, you know, and, you know, I have been so spoiled. I have been. God has spoiled us. Phillips, as I like this, regarding the world, page three, I believe, this world is a planet under siege. Satan holds it in an iron grip. It is a world where terror and atrocity are commonplace, especially in lands where the gospel has never brought its blessings or where God's word has been set aside. There are countries in the world today where terror is the order of the day. For people living in such lands, Psalm 91 must be a constant court of appeal. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. And it looks like next time we're going to talk about how this verses 3 to 8 would would play to or affect the people as the psalmist would sing this Hebrew hymn to those in the synagogue. How does it affect them? See, we can't, there's going to be a difference between how do I view this? I view this as God giving us spiritual courage that God's going to be with us. But is God going to deliver every single Christian from every single trial? Cora Tin Boone. Cora Tin Boone. She was the first lady in all of Holland to get a clockmaker's license, the first woman ever. She and her family, Dutch, not German, not Jewish, Dutch, she and her, 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 and her compatriots, almost 800 Jewish people they saved. Almost 800. The day of her capture, the six people who were in a closet, like six by three, all standing up for three days without end, those people were saved after she was taken off to prison. Oh, but but the Bible says right here, it says right here, that thou shalt not be afraid for terror. A thousand shall fall, it shall not come nigh thee. So how do you work the fact that she was taken to Ravensbrook? Her sister Betsy died in prison. She only escaped by God's hand. How do you explain that? When this, this says, well, when it says right here, how about the people who, when their, their families go off to war, they say, well, you know what, nothing's going to happen. And then we'll come to find out their husband or son or daughter die in the war. But it says right here, see what I'm saying? We just can't take this as a, well, next week we'll talk about that. But let's talk, before we close, I want to talk about, for just a moment, the, the terror that God protects us from. There are, uh, there, the world today is beset with terrorist organizations, at best I can figure, at least 65. There is, uh, John Phillips says, that already the world's preparing itself for the coming of the beast, great beast out of the sea. Observers of contemporary culture believe that we have already entered in what is called the age of terror, 
Global Terrorism Index 2022, Sub-Saharan Africa merges as the global epicenter of terrorism as global deaths decline. Now, just, I've got time. We've got four minutes. I see what the clock says. So, so I thought maybe, it says, you know, maybe everybody else knows I was not sure what Sub-Saharan Africa was. Is there anybody else not quite sure what that is? Okay, thank you. Uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. So I'm, I love to draw. I haven't done it for so long. So here we go. Here's... That's a bad... That's a bad Okay. By the way, here's... Uganda. Africa, Uganda. Here is the Sahara... Desert. Thank you. The Saharan Desert. So if you believe below the Saharan Desert, you are part of sub-Saharan Africa. Did you know? Pastor, you want to tell us this. Did you know that by 2050, two or four of every ten, four of ten Christians in the world? Do you know where the number one place of terrorism is today? Oh, it's just a coincidence, Pastor. You think that Satan doesn't know, doesn't read? You think because perhaps that there are so many Christians going to be alive and as the, the time of God, there is his coming, there's going to be all this Christianity here that he's not got, by the way, it's called the Sahul, S-U-H-E-L region, where all, that comes from Arabic word, that's where all the terrorists the biggest hotspot for terrorist organizations in the world. Right here. Aiming for Africa. This will be the, uh, way down here are the, is South Africa. Way, way, way at the bottom. Cape Hope is way down here off the charts even. Way down there. But that's you know, Myanmar. These places, that's where the terrorist organizations are. Isn't it interesting that terror, terror is coming to that area, already is there, and that's the place where the, the gospel's having the most impact. But what about America? America and Europe, we're past that. We're past, I honestly believe we peaked. We peaked in Christianity some time back. Sad to say. But God's, God has, there are some people though, who, I, know there, I know there's a remnant in America, but there are other places who are really excited about the gospel. Despite global Terrorist attacks increasing to 5,226 in 21. Deaths actually declined just a little bit. Uh, terrorism in the West declined substantially, falling by 68%, perhaps because we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Maybe that's what it is, just thinking out loud. Uh, this area there, the Sahel region, region, is home to the world's fastest-growing, most deadly terrorist group. It reaches from the one side of Africa all the way to the other. Myanmar has the largest rise in terrorism. And now, guess what is, has replaced the Taliban as the world's deadliest terror group in 2021? ISIS. ISIS. But the Bible says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. That does not mean, though, that Christians are not going to lose their lives. The Jewish person could hear that. Now think, if it's a Jewish person hearing that in the synagogue, God, as long as they stuck with God, they were nearly invincible when they followed God. God granted them all kinds of victories, but when they strayed from God, here comes Nebuchadnezzar, here comes Sennacherib, here comes all these guys... 
the Philistines, Goliath, when they, they were nearly pretty much invincible when they obeyed God. These are, it's a wonderful psalm. It is, he doesn't save us from terror. He saves us in terror, in terror. We'll stop right there. It's right, 801. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. It's a, a monumental encouragement to us. We thank you for this beautiful psalm that you would even use the language, cover thee with his feathers, that we, that our finite minds can understand your protective care. We are grateful. So grateful. Lord, we can put our lives into your hands. It doesn't mean we're not going to face adversity. It doesn't mean we might not even lose our lives in the, in the cause of Christ. But Lord, I believe we are invincible until you are done with us. As we walk with you, we are invincible until you are done and you take us home. So Lord, help us to be faithful. Bless us now as we go our separate ways. Bring us again on, back on Sunday to hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.